0: Hello everyone, welcome to an Actual Fluency podcast update. My name is Chris, and in this episode I'll go into a little personal update, as well as an update for Actual Fluency, the blog, podcast, YouTube channel, the Polygon Cruise, and all the exciting things that are coming in 2021. If you're more into the interview style podcasts that we create here on Actual Fluency, stay tuned, we're going to have those back right in the, I expect in the first week of February. But um, in the meantime, if you have any suggestions for guests or industry expert you'd, you'd like to hear from in 2021, be sure to send us an email at com is the best place and we'll try and get them on, see if they'll come and spill all their secrets and share all their stories. And today is a bit of a story time episode, it's been a while since the last episode and It's been a a crazy last year, 2020, man. (laughs) We're going to remember this one for a long time. So I figured I wanted to come on here. It's the beginning of January. It's a new year. And like I said, we're going to restart the normal interview episodes in the beginning of February, hopefully. Um, So I just wanted to come on and say hi to everyone and um, just give a little update of what I've been up to in the last... Couple of months, or in most of 2020, and uh, what's going on with actual fluency? What, what what news and developments are there? And also the Polyga Cruise, which was supposed to be my first ever real live event that I was organizing in the language space. Um, so yeah, if you're curious about any of those things, then stay tuned. We're going to have a, a lot of fun today. And if you're not, then yeah, like I said, keep an eye out on the podcast feed. We're definitely going back to normally scheduled broadcasting very soon. Part of my uh, kind of commitments for 2021 is I want to get back and deliver at least 44 podcast episodes, which is one a week, starting from February 1st. If I've done my maths right, you know, uh, (laughs) I'm not the greatest uh, maths person in the world. But uh, anyway, that's the goal. So stay tuned for that. And like I said, suggesting a guest you'd like to see. And we'll try and get, like I said, 44 episodes made in 2021. So lots of room for your guests and people who haven't been on the podcast yet. So we'll get on that right away. But I guess the first thing we should talk about is a kind of review of 2020. And, you know, there are so many bad things about 2020. And I don't need to list any of them, of course. You know, cancellation cancellation after cancellation, the polygon Cruise, was originally supposed to take off in april of 2020 obviously we had to reschedule that a year and i really want to say a big thank you to everyone who signed up and accepted this rescheduling it it, you know actual fuenti isn't a big business or anything so the fact that people were very um, flexible with the booking and willing to support the event even with a year's extension really meant a lot to me and i was really looking forward to going even in In 2020, I was looking forward to going. Um, But I'll get back to the PolyGuard Cruise in a a moment, as there are some pretty big updates there. But I would say, in general, because of the additional downtime, people being forced to work from home, stay at home, a lot of people suddenly found a lot of time on their hands. And I've seen a lot of people who have gotten into language learning or increased the rate of the language learning they've been doing previously because of this new time and this new uh, these new lockdown measures that actually at the time of recording has seemed to be continued for a couple of months more at least. Uh, so I know this has been a terrible year for so many people losing family members, losing jobs, uh, people going absolutely crazy from being locked up, locked up in their houses all the time. But I try to look at the positives. And I think that's a big positive that people have had more time because they haven't, needed to do their full commutes or they were able to uh well obviously some things were cancelled which is not desirable but at the end left them with more time to study languages so i I think that's a good development and people were i would say it's a good thing it's also to be productive with your time when you get the opportunity because you know nobody could have predicted the the pandemic and nobody can control it once it's 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 out of control right it's that that happened very quickly Um, So the decision to actually use some of your time at home to be productive and learn some languages, ramp up your language activities, get a new course or get a new teacher, tutor, join a new class, I think that's a great decision by many people. For me personally, uh, I would say it also allowed me to focus a little bit more on actual fluency, the business side of it. And it's not something I talk too much about. It is something I would like to talk more about but i just haven't really found the angle and the the natural way to get into the topic of you know online business and the language learning business particularly i have had quite a few guests on who shared kind of their progress and how they turned language learning into a hobby <laughs> into a hobby turned their language learning hobby into a business and a money maker at that but um but yeah so because i had that much time I, you know living on my own my co-working office closed and the whole city was closed I was staying at home in my very modest studio apartment in in stoke on trent England and I was sitting on a on a nightstand with a pillow on it propping my a laptop on a, a kitchen table and I can say for pretty much as long as I can remember that was two of the longest months of my life that was pretty brutal not being able to see anyone and uh, not even going out really you know i, I went to the shops once uh, down to buy some food and uh the shops weren't open yet so i was just kind of lingering outside the shops and a police officer came by and asked me what i was doing so you know you weren't even supposed to leave the house really except for essentials um but again looking at the positive those two months i i really Put a lot of effort in and i wrote a a a lot of good articles that are making people find actual fluency now even a year later and hopefully they will be functional and worth reading for years to come as well um so that was positive and then after a couple of months of just uh, this lockdown and just the virus not getting any better i decided to go home to denmark and do Uh, a very reduced summer holiday for many many months uh, denmark my home country was not very hard hardly hit by the uh, virus it was doing actually managing it really well and i'm not sure what went wrong but at some point in the late summer the cases really started going up again and here during the winter it it was just as bad as anywhere else in europe or indeed anywhere else in the world so, but anyway, I got, I got to spend the, the summer in Denmark with my family, which did reduce my productivity a little bit, but still, it was nice to uh, have a break from all this lockdown stuff. And then at the end of October, I uh, got the opportunity to move to Porto in Portugal. I had been looking to do this for uh, at least a couple of months, probably longer than that, but... um I wasn't really sure I was going to be able to do it this quickly. But a few opportunities came my way and uh, uh, the business was doing better. And and so I, I decided instead of staying in my sister's spare bedroom that I would make a move and move to my next country. And this is also something that I've talked about on the newsletter before, trying to find home, trying to live in a place that you are comfortable that um has the kind of i guess amenities you like the culture the even the weather you know i I was talking to a few people here recently about this i i never used to think that the weather was a big impact for me but having lived in northern europe you're not very used to let's say sun and light in the (laughs) most of the year but um i think I have discovered that I do enjoy slightly milder climates, or at least more stable climates. And there's there's definitely something to be said about vitamin D deficiency in most of Northern Europe. And I think there's also something about daylight. Simply, you know, as you move south, you get longer days. Um, but yeah, I, I chose Portugal. Uh, I had a few places in the world that I was thinking about going. One of them was Panama um and what i was looking for really was a place that had a good i like the culture the culture is important to me and that's why i think i I eventually moved out of denmark my home country because i just feel like the culture is very limited and when i say culture i mean things like you know going out uh, meeting your friends and uh, social life and and things like that i feel like it was very cramped and it's very focused on weekends very limited. It was. It's quite expensive to go out, so you didn't have this like great social life and and cultural uh, things that you get in in most parts of Southern Europe, for inst for instance. When I lived in the UK, I think this was also a considerable part of it. You've got the pub culture, and there's just a a, a better culture. I feel like, um, but unfortunately, the UK's weather isn't exactly a lot better. And ultimately, I think. I think i do enjoy it in the uk a lot but and i might just come back in the future who knows but um not probably not stoke on trend uh it's a nice little place i, I must admit and uh, i was lucky enough to make a few good friends there but um yeah so i moved to portugal on, at the end of october and uh it was mainly based on a few factors so i wanted to go south i wanted to be better weather and i wanted to have a a good kind of let's say network of established so I, i want to see other like digital nomads and i'm not a digital nomad at all by the way i i don't really subscribe to that lifestyle i think if you're very young it's it's a good idea and if you can make it work then that's great for me i need routine i need to stay in the same place for a long time and uh, that's why. But anyway, it, the rest of the digital nomad lifestyle does ap- uh, apply to me. So, you know, working online, you want uh, usually good internet, <laughs> you usually want uh, some degree of English just uh, to get, a, get by in the beginning, anyway. And uh, co working spaces, coffee shops, things like that, that I sort of used to laptop workers a little bit, uh, meetups, those things can really help. And I noticed that Portugal had been getting a lot of attention from from things like that i've been looking up people on youtube who have gone to portugal and but but i also want to be honest of course a a big attraction to portugal is also the the taxes so i don't know about you i'm not a a big fan of high taxes i i definitely believe that you pay your taxes of course and support the country and community but as i've lived in the uk and denmark to i would say very comparable countries in in terms of what you get for as a citizen the the healthcare system was almost identical i don't know if the Danish system might be marginally better but the taxes in them were were something like double that i had in the uk and my question is if one country can do it for half then the other country is clearly too much so Obviously, that's different for everyone, and I, I think if you're making you know millions and millions of dollars a year, then it doesn't matter. Then you don't even think about it, maybe. Or maybe it matters more. I don't know. For me, it's not a big deal. I want to live a place where I enjoy to live, most of all. And the fact that Portugal had this great tax agreement for freelancers or people, uh, online entrepreneurs, called the LHR, which is something a few of my friends have looked into now as well, So, if you're working online, you know, if you're a teacher, a language teacher, or content creator, or course seller, or whatever your profession is, look into the Portuguese LHR, especially if you're a European citizen. Uh, It's a good program that gives some tax benefits for for up to ten years for coming to Portugal. And I think they're doing it right. I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to make this podcast political in any way because that's not the aim. But if you have a country, and the whole world is going online, all business, all money, all spending. I would say that it's very advantageous for that country to kind of attract online business owners to move there because they're going to spend their money in the shops. That's going to generate uh, sales tax, that's going to generate tax, you know, taxes, income taxes, whatever. Uh, if their businesses are successful, they might hire locally stimulating growth they might invest in the real estate market you know th- there's just a lot of advantages for countries to invite let's say um the online business owners who can i could literally live everywhere anywhere live and work anywhere with with actual fluency right but i chose here because they have this great deal so uh, and that's also why i looked at panama but i thought panama was a bit too far away um because my family still lives in denmark of course so I wanted to be able to get home to them in a reasonable time and also at a reasonable price you know if you go from portugal to denmark you can probably find a a ryanair easyjet or something for you know maybe 50 us dollars re, uh, return sometimes even but yeah each way probably um so i moved here and for the last so that would be most uh, well all of november a little bit of october some of december i did manage to go home to denmark for christmas in december i spent five days in a hotel in copenhagen which was a little bit weird but i wanted to make sure that i i could take a test that had a a high uh, significance or a high risk of um, being correct of course testing is not a perfect science and there are always risks involved especially when you travel with a in in spaces with a lot of people you know planes are still uh at, at least the planes i've been flying with don't have empty seats next to you and things like that as it so happened i did have an empty row because i was in i i um i find that i don't know about you but i find when i book tickets just for me i often get a free row because i guess other people are booking tickets for themselves as well and they pick the row where the one seat isn't taken or something i don't know uh some people actually suggested that you book the middle seat so you know when you have that checkout process you can choose the seat you book the middle seat because then couples would never pick but then of course you've run into the risk if the plane is full <laughs> you're in the middle seat which is terrible um but in any case it worked out i uh, on the sixth day i got my my test uh, a rapid test um which was negative and which was Man, I don't think I've ever been so nervous about a test in my whole life. Because if that was positive, then I would have had to spend another two weeks in a hotel in Copenhagen. Or well, I guess I could have spent it in any hotel in Denmark. But I need to isolate somewhere for two weeks. Miss Christmas with my family, which sounds like a small sacrifice. But uh, it's important to me as uh, one of the few kind of family traditions we have. My niece is just turning four. Uh, She just turned four, actually. And I believe that age is when you start to remember Christmases. So my absence would definitely be noticed and probably remembered for years to come. Uh, So I was lucky for that to work out. And I came back to Portugal on the, the 28th of December. Had a little meal out on New Year's. The restaurants and cafes are still open down here. Uh, with masks on entry of course and with very limited time so they had to close the restaurant at 10:30 on new year's eve which was just to me that's just a silly requirement but you know we respected of course and went home after not that new year's is, is that special anyway um and then yeah and so now is uh, january and we're ready for a new year and i think a lot of us are ready for that break you know most january's uh, a, a way to reflect on the year or our past but also a way to look forward to the future and so I've done a lot of planning this year a lot of reviewing of last year and I'm I'm really excited about what's to come there's a lot of new things for Actual Fluency um, I brought on some staff for the first time um, we're hiring more writers as well And I'll of course introduce a team actual fluency over time as as it becomes uh, kind of a a fixed team. But it's challenging me in new ways as well because now uh, it's not not just a one man operation anymore. And there are so many new facets about managing a business and managing people all of a sudden. So I'm really excited and uh, Yeah, I guess nervous about that too, you know, a little bit anxious about how that's going to play out. But so far it's looking really good and I'm really liking the kind of division of labor. So instead of me doing every single thing uh, from, you know, idea to writing to publishing to marketing to promotion, I have a few people who do certain things and they take care of it and I can trust that they get it done in 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 a good way. And so what I'm trying to do is grow actual Funsi to be much more substantial than it is. Right now, it's a very modest online business, online presence, but I want to really make a big impact with it and um, make you know spread awareness of, of language learning to a greater demographic, getting it out to more people, producing more courses as well, like language-specific materials. I still think there's a huge market for that. I think a lot of the online stuff is just not very good, and uh, I think there's a lot of flashcards out there. But I don't know about you, but I feel like flashcards just—I mean—they're useful for supplementing, but just, they just—they don't teach you enough, and the context just isn't there usually. So that's kind of the the, the future of actual funsi that I see is we're gonna have way more content, way more tests of software. Uh, that's actually what I like to do a lot is is look at, okay, there's so many different, let's say Spanish courses and Spanish software out there. So what's the difference between them, and are they worth the money? And I I'm really looking forward to getting more of those kind of case studies, reviews and and that kind of thing up in the new year, hopefully with a few talented writers. As you might have seen, we were looking for uh, in the end of December, we were sent out a message about writing for actual fluency and you know we're always looking for talented writers really who wants to write about language learning about language learning software case studies uh, any kind of 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 great writing like that send an email um, if you're interested with your experience and your maybe if you have any kind of samples out there uh, send it to lily at actualfluency.com She's the uh, the new content manager. Or send her a message and welcome her to the actual fluency job. I'm, I'm sure she would appreciate that. Uh, and, uh, of course, Lily, if you're listening, um am glad to have you on board and really excited to see what you've done already. And I can't wait to see what you can do the rest of the year. So part of getting someone like Lily on board is to be more consistent as well. You know, running a, an online content creation website or business however you want to call it when you just do it all yourself it tends to get a little bit inconsistent and there's a lot of work involved for instance with the podcast one of the most time-consuming tasks is finding and inviting and coordinating with guests so that that is one of the the jobs that i'm going to be uh, trying to uh, hand off to someone else um so i can focus more on things like this you know talking to you and interviewing and um, putting together some good content. We also want to do video next year. Oh, sorry, I keep saying next year. I know it's it's 2021 already. Um, it, it is even 2021 when I'm recording this. It isn't one of those, you know, recorded a couple of months in advance or anything. But I really want to get into the video game as well. I think that uh, when I started the actual Fluency Podcast in 2014, I think that video wasn't as abundant as it is now and i think that the quality increase we've seen in even in just the webcams and our uh, mobile phones has really rocketed and it's become very user-friendly youtube is obviously you know insanely popular more popular than ever if there was any ever any doubt about that platform that's definitely been squashed now so those are some of the things that you can look forward to in 2021 more regular blog posts more tests Uh, of language software and and services and you can look forward to uh, weekly podcast episodes and youtube videos as well so it it is the plan to record the video for every podcast so when it comes out a lot of you i know are listening to this in your podcast player in your podcast feed maybe you're doing the dishes or you're uh, uh you're on your commute you know you're in the los angeles high road or highway or freeway whatever you call it um and you're uh you know you're corona long forgotten uh or you're sitting at home uh, because of the lockdown but in any case I, I really appreciate you listening to this um and obviously the youtube section is more for i guess visually seeing the guests it's going to be a bit of a zoom setting you know so not a big production it's not like we're going to have our own studio in porto where we can fly people out to necessarily at least in the beginning i mean that might be a a cool five-year goal to have but um in the beginning it's going to be pretty simple but what i wanted to do again trying to get someone in who knows about video editing to create maybe some highlights from these episodes because you know a lot of these episodes i know many listeners tell me they enjoy the the length of them because they're usually forty five minutes to ninety minutes of conversation stories, methods, all that kind of stuff. Um but I would love to have features featured videos that feature just the highlights, the juicy bits, you know, sometimes there are some great uh, paragraphs as it were, in a podcast and highlighting those on YouTube as well as an additional. It's kind of the Joe Rogan uh, approach if anyone has seen that podcast. he has a he posts his full episodes um i don't know if he started before me he probably did but so i can't say that i kind of the long form <laughs> podcasting uh, episodes i i mean i know i was never a pioneer in that but um he has a, a separate channel that posts clips from the podcast so he has the full episodes and clips and i think that's going to be interesting because then we can maybe get a lot more traffic on places like youtube to these individual clips where people are maybe not interested in the full episode or they don't discover the full episode but if there are specific clips talking about specific things that might get people curious so so that's pretty much it and um yeah so i'm also so we got the oh yeah i promise you to, to to update you about the cruise as well but just to round off the what to expect from actual fluency you know you got the blog more blog posts more podcast episode Uh, episodes of videos, more videos for sure, and um, I want to get into more product development as well, as you know, or you may not know, last year we released the first ever actual fluency courses called Bite Size Languages, which are listening practice courses in six different languages, and they have been very well received, thank you so much to everyone who's picked up a copy, Um, it's been great to get the feedback and see the whole process from start to finish of creating a course. But these are relatively small courses, You know they're meant to be supplementary, give you that listening practice that for beginners can be hard to find. So in 2021, one of the things that I want to do is to explore creating more substantial courses that could potentially teach people the kind of language they needed to go from, let's say, A0 to A1. And then from a1 to a2 and so on and so forth so i wanted to do some research on uh, methodology partner up with some amazing teachers and try to see if we can build what is a really effective way of teaching some of the most uh, popular languages in the world uh, in a very organized way as well but this is a it's a little bit down the priority list it's hard to find the time for at this point but i might start with something like danish i had a lot of responses to my bite-sized danish which came out in the uh in uh, november i think it was and so that might be like a pilot program (laughs) so if you're interested in learning danish and you want to get in on the sort of alpha or beta testing of the uh, actual funzi danish more like a sub-brand it's not just a course it's going to be a variety of different things to help you learn danish then uh, drop me an email at chris at actualfunzi.com i'd love to uh to talk to you and invite you to be part of that testing group um, which we've done before and it's been very successful because that means that we can build the best product that people are actually learning most effectively with from the beginning rather than me guessing what that looks like Um, but anyway so in short there's a bunch of things coming for actual fluency i'm super excited about it Uh, also nervous but i think that's normal and i'm excited about getting some routines into it uh getting like i said some help to uh, stabilize the, the output and uh, take a few things off my plate so i can focus a little bit more on the creative side of things like preparing well for the podcast episodes and asking some really good questions for the guests and producing good content myself um so that that's uh it's gonna be exciting for sure and It goes without saying i'm of course also excited about the vaccination that's going on and potential freedoms being restored in uh hopefully the world within the the next six months or so but let's keep our fingers crossed the very last thing that i have to touch on and this is um this is a little painful but i want to be extremely open and honest with people um because why not? What do I have to lose? I, the upside is I might help some people. And the downside is nothing. There's no downside. So that's also why I, I've I've kind of champion, championed talking about mental health. I've done multiple episodes on mental health. And I think now more than ever, it's super relevant. Because people are going insane sitting at home all the time. Uh, I've talked about depression. I've talked talk about the way that languages can help you kind of give you some focus, give you some purpose, uh give you some give your brain something to work on rather than just being anxious and depressed. Um so yeah, when when things don't go right, I, I want to share that too. So the Parker cruise was a fantastic idea, I thought, <laughs> and uh, a lot of people seem to agree. So if you haven't heard about it, it was my idea to uh rent a group uh, well, run a group booking for a cruise so a big cruise ship imagine like the biggest cruise ships there are in the world so these would have you know five thousand passengers or something but we would just rent like a meeting room a big room with where we could have a little stage and we could have an audience so we could run a little conference there every day of the cruise and that would be our private room and we'd have you know, refreshments and coffee and whatnot. But otherwise, we'd be free to participate in in the rest of the ship's activities and, you know, eat and drink and whatever. And uh, it is, you know, looking back, I'm sure this is going to be a lot more funny one day, but uh, it is a little bit funny that my first ever ambitious live project that I started was a cruise which uh, ran into the peak of the worst pandemic in a hundred (laughs) years you know you can only laugh at that that's uh, that's what rotten timing you know because cruise ships i think they get a bad rap sometimes a lot of people are very critical of cruise ships some have called it you know floating petri dishes and i think that's a bit uncalled for because i think cruise ships have a lot of focus on 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 you know uh on board because they know the effects of an outbreak you know if there's a any kind of a virus or anything that breaks out on a ship it gets everyone usually but cruise ships have a lot of focus on um hygiene such as washing hands and sanitizing and things like that way way before corona so now that we've had the experience of coronavirus I think the ships are going to be even safer for instance Hotel. You can still go to a hotel today, and they don't have half the kind of focus on uh, hygiene that even a, a cruise ship would have before. But anyway, the the the, the irony or the uh, kind of the fun is not lost in me that I think would be considered what um, what's that law called uh, Sod's Law, or <laughs> where it's just um, the worst possible thing that can happen will happen. Um, but anyway, the decision was originally taken in i think it was taken in february 2020 to postpone it one year and looking back it was a bit funny i was looking at it in february and i was saying like yeah i think we can still do it in april you know guys uh the outbreak is is localized to a, a section of italy and most of europe hasn't been hit uh and it's uh, clearing up nicely i <laughs> think something like that uh of course how wrong i was and we've only witnessing the beginning of this terrible uh, year. So we pushed it a year and thankfully a lot of people were very flexible to uh, either accept a uh, kind of a refund, a reduced refund, or uh, move over their ticket. And uh, like I said, Extra isn't a big business at all. I'm hoping to turn it into one uh, someday, but so the, this flexibility was absolutely essential to have any hopes of running the the event, and I uh, really appreciate anyone who registered. If anyone of you are listening, I was so looking forward to it already back in February. I have um, I have hand sanitizer with the Polar Cruise logo on it. I've got tote bags. Um, I think we got some stickers, and we got we got some other swag. I think we got some pens, maybe. But um, in any case. Uh, when we postponed it a year, I was thinking like, yeah, I mean, there's no way a year is is, is going to be, it's it's not going to be possible because we were looking at the the development of the of the virus, and we saw the cases dropping. You know, even in a very hard hit place like Italy, northern Italy, it was still improving quite quickly. So I was assuming that even if it took much longer for it to get better. I was assuming that either everyone was going to get it, and you know, unfortunately, we'd lose quite a lot of the population, but at least everyone would have gotten it, or that we would get rid of it. I didn't expect this kind of stagnant, um, I guess, uh, cat and mouse game with the lockdowns and the our rates up and down and everything. But unfortunately, as I promised participants, I, I promised participants and said, hey uh we're going to make a call on this on new year's day 2021 if it's going to go ahead in april and i wanted to give that four and a half months of notice because i know that's crucial to booking hotels and flights and things like that make plans basically um and so on the 1st of january i made a decision it wasn't it wasn't a particularly hard decision at that time Uh, Things were not looking great. Things are not looking great either now, recording this almost two weeks later. But um, I made the decision based on the fact that most cruise lines were cancelling cruises into April already. And um, it just didn't look like, even at the very best of cases, even at the very best scenario, that the cruise would go ahead in April. I know a lot of the people who registered were from abroad. Uh, there were a couple of people from the US for instance and I just knew that there was going to be travel restrictions and problems and testings and yeah all sorts of problems so the decision at the end w- wasn't difficult um, it has been it's been very frustrating to spend a lot of time on something that is going to end up being ultimately cancelled anyway uh, every participant everyone who had a ticket for the 20 20- 21 version will get a refund of course as promised and this is was part of my pledge when people decide to trust in, in a new event and support it in the way they did and they were so flexible with moving the tickets the best i can offer is to uh you know reward that support and trust with a, a, a no pro no questions as 100 percent refund whatever way possible um It is probably going to take a while because it is an Italian cruise line, Um, no offense to Italians, but it has been a little bit of a slow process to communicate with them over this uh, experience, so I don't expect the refund to be any quicker, Uh, but even if the cruise line ends up not refunding, I will still uh, do it out of actual fluency, or actual fluency will do it, you know, it is a business venture, it is operated by actual fluency, so but I guess I'm the sole owner, so it's kind of the same thing anyway. but that will of course happen, and I don't think it's gonna I don't think I'm gonna organize it again, not because I'm afraid of any kind of future pandemics, but just because the it's kind of taking the wind out of me this delays like I said we worked on it for so long, and to see it kind of fizzle out this way is is just so sad it it just leaves me very demotivated to continue the project. I mean who knows maybe in a couple of years time I might pick it up again. I do really love the logo I got for it I must say. Um you know, but that's a lesson learned that the travel and leisure hospitality industry is a really tough one and has a lot of uh, risks involved, you know, that I didn't anticipate. Of course, and you can't anticipate a global pandemic at all. But um that's what happened to the cruise and uh yeah, who knows if it comes back? Uh, it's possible maybe, but um after this it's it's been a little bit painful and I just don't know. I I need some time anyway. And I think we we still need to play out the whole corona end game here with the vaccinations and hopefully getting rid of it in many countries before we can even contemplate uh, booking another cruise. But um in any case, I just want to thank everyone for their outstanding support I want to say a very special thanks to UTalk for sponsoring the event sending they even sent in a representative to come on the cruise we were going to have a lot of fun with uh, treasure hunts and uh, word games language uh, polyguard quizzes and all kinds of things uh, Charlotte if you're listening to this uh, I was really looking forward to that and um, you know so thank you to UTalk you and a big thank you to Optolingo as well the other principal sponsor for being a big part of the organization and again supporting a new venture you know when when i came up with the polygon cruise <clears throat> not to say that i invented themed cruising or anything but it was sort of an unproven thing in the language world so the fact that i had people support me and sponsors were involved um yeah it just means a lot to me and I also want to thank my friend peter who's a, a part of the organizational team he helped me uh with a lot of the admin stuff and some of the swag and he was going to be my uh, right hand man on the on the cruise but alas it was not to be it was not to be so maybe i'll in the future organize something a little bit more simple that uh maybe it's on land or something (laughs) that's probably not going to change anything but um anyway thank you once again and yeah i can't wait to for everything to get better this year and if you have any guest suggestions please email me by the way email me with anything chris at actualfungsi.com i i love to get messages from all over the world and uh, if you have any questions about business or uh language learning or uh cruises i i'm pretty sure i can help you out so feel free to email me and um I'll leave you with this little <laughs> funny story as well, and I almost made a big fuzz out of this as well. I think it's just a classic uh, Chris moment. But um, I, man- I <laughs> managed to lock myself out of my apartment the other day. It was so stupid. I uh, my doors and it doesn't have a you can't turn the handle of the door, so even if the door isn't locked, it's still kind of locked. I don't know what the technical term for those doors are, but. I got a call from, um, I'd ordered some food, and I got a call from the delivery driver, and uh, he was saying he can't find it, where is it? Okay, so I said, okay, I'll run down and I'll wave at you. So I run out, completely forgetting to bring the key with me. Uh, Luckily, I had my phone with me, (laughs) so I had to, um, I was locked out. Luckily, my landlord was able to come with some spare keys that didn't work for the apartment, and... um, after about two hours, a locksmith came by and he did some wizarding on the door, and um, he also made uh, about seventy dollars disappear from my wallet, and uh, I was back in. So there you have it. Uh, we can think a lot of good stuff about ourselves. We, you know, we can have great confidence and great, uh, you know. Um, Great trust in what we're doing is the right thing and that we are clever and intelligent human beings and then we can lock ourselves out of our apartments like an idiot or we can bite the insides of our mouths or you know it's a it's a good little calming and grounding moment but um, yeah i just wanted to share that because i've never done that before and i doubt i'll do it again but um that was pretty funny so um yeah i hope you've enjoyed this little update uh it came past quite a few topics in this podcast i don't normally do these uh episodes i prefer to do the interview style ones but maybe in the future we'll have more like these i don't know maybe topical episodes if you have any suggestions any guesses to what could be the best format ever chris at com. i'm looking forward to your letters and if you made it this far an extra big thank you to you because uh Not a lot of people make it, so thank you for that, and thank you for all the support through the year, last year especially, but also the years before that, and I will see you in 2021. It is, I guess, already 2021, but I'll see more of you, and you'll see more of me, or hear more of me. It is a podcast after all. Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling now. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you in the next one.